It's time for Love Talk with the love ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love Talk today with special guest Linda Chandler about walking in the valley of the shadow. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn in the studio here at the bridge, and we are so thrilled to be here today. Good morning. Who do we have in our audience today? Hi, Miss Evelyn. Hello, listeners. This is Coach Carrie Brinkader. It is an absolute honor to be with you today. And, of course, opening our show was Mrs. Evelyn Davison, our First Lady of Love, here on Love Talk. And in studio today, our great friend, our colleague, my just awesome, awesome friend, Kathy Enderbrock. Hey, Kath. Hey, Coach Carrie. Miss Evelyn, it's great to be with you guys in Austin, Texas. This not stream yarding in today. <laughs> Usually, I'm always, you know, I, I'm I'm all connected and have my earphones on, and I'm I'm not I'm not with you. But um, it's great to be with you guys today. It's great to be in Texas. We've been hearing so much about what's been going on in Texas. We've seen Governor Abbott step up and say, Ooh. "Okay, guys, we're going to get a little bit of control on things. This mm-hmm. is getting a little bit crazy." So it's kind of it's it's kind of neat to be here. And you know, the Texas vibe. There's something really special about it. Well, and I love this season that we're in this love mm-hmm. series season. And friends, we had someone call uh, the station this week and saying, well, I can't quite find you online. You go to lovetalknetwork.com <laughs> and we are right there. You can go straight into our archives and listen to any of our past shows, enjoy any of our past guests. And we have a great guest uh, for you today. It's a guest that we've had before. She's kind of an honorary love lady. She's kind of become an honorary love lady. And we're going to introduce her and get her um Uh, engaging with us in just a minute, but Carrie, you've put together a fantastic program for today. Well, it's easy whenever we have this guest in studio, so um, absolutely. Kathy, it's great to see your face. Oh, my stars. Welcome. Mm. I'm sure you're just sweating sitting here because, you know, coming from Idaho and the cooler, oh, we a, we cooler weather. Idaho wind this morning. I tell you what, it was glorious. Uh, I had exercise class this morning at 6 a.m. outside, and it, it was almost cool outside. Yes, it was I did the same thing. Glorious and amazing. Yeah. Yes, we are so thankful for this season that we are in here on Love Talk. Uh, love season, you know, we've, we've talked about so many things over the past few weeks. And as we just think about our lives, we go through many seasons of life and love. And some of those seasons are fantastic and we never want them to end, right? You know, I think about young love and I think, you know, your first trip to college and maybe as you step into your senior year of high school or you're ruling the school in eighth grade or, you know, your first job. You know, those things are so fun and we don't want those to end. Some seasons we go through are physically hard. They're mentally exhausting. I think about last night, my husband and I, um, we volunteered to babysit for some sweet, sweet neighbors of ours. They have four children, Ooh. and they it was their anniversary. And so I called them earlier this week. I said, hey, can we just take care of your babies and let you guys go out to dinner? Because I don't think they've been out to dinner together, just the two of them, in over a year. Wow. Um, they have a four-month-old, um, a one-year-old, um, a six-year-old and an almost, I'm sorry, a five-year-old and an almost seven-year-old. So their house is just full of just, you know, babies and lovely laughter. But that is mentally and physically exhausting, you know. And so sometimes we go through that season of life and those, as we're going through it, it's exhausting. But then we look back on it and we go, oh, I miss that, right? Mm -hmm. Kathy, as you've just sent off, you know, your daughter to college again for her second year. And as you have a senior, you know, you look back on those little squishy Mm -hmm. pictures of them as little babies and you're like, oh, you kind of long for that season, even though when you're going through it, it's hard. Um, You know, we have seasons of waiting, waiting for a job, waiting for a baby, a friend, maybe relief from health issues, maybe healing in our marriages, and we have seasons of loss. Some of those seasons, some of those um, losses are physical losses, loss of health, loss of a loved one. Some of them are emotional losses, heading out um, or heading to an empty nest, uh, loss of a friendship, loss of, um, you know, a dream or a desire. 
What season are you facing right now, friends? I'll ask you that. You know, maybe you're in one of those fun seasons that you don't want to end, or maybe you're in one of those seasons that's really hard. Um, Today, as we talk with our special guest, we're going to walk through a season of life with her that was particularly hard, but how she handled it and continues to handle it is glorious. And that's what we want to share with our listeners today. Our key verse today, and we'll hear more about this in just a few minutes, is from Revelation 3.7. Here is the message of the Holy One, the true one, the one who has the key of David, who, if he opens something, no one else can shut it. And if he closes something, no one else can open it. I don't know if I've ever read that verse out loud before. Mm -hmm. Um, That is very profound, and we're going to hear more about that as we go through our show today. So, Ms. Evelyn... What has been going on in your world this week? Walking the 23rd Psalm. Oh, wow. <laughs> How about that, huh? I don't know that that psalm has ever been more relevant for us as a nation <sighs> than in 2020. Right. You know, when you, if you take a, a portion of the scripture and you um, enlarge it, uh, it's always interesting to see what the Lord teaches you during that time. Mm-hmm. And I, when we look at Psalm 23, uh, 23 uh, the main thing it gives you is comfort. Mm-hmm. And we uh, that's like being cold and have a nice blanket or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But the thing that is um, a little bit weary for us when we look at Psalm 23 is I, I uh, walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? I will dread no evil. You know, when you look at who we are and why we're here, uh, we're the rod, we're the thing that protects and keeps us out from the God going in. So together, you know, that is our comfort. Mm-hmm. But there's so much pain in our world today. That's true. I mean, we are a time in a, a time in our nation where, uh, when you would say the the valley of the shadow of death, sometimes it feels like the shadow of death is just hanging over our nation and we see fear and anxiety like we've never seen mm-hmm. it before. And, you know, friends, this is what we want to share with you today. You do not need to be living in fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. You uh, can walk through the season that you are in right now without that hanging over you. You can walk through it with courage and confidence and trust and knowing that you do not need to dread. You do not need to fear because God is with us and not only his hand, uh, but the resources at his hand are with us. His presence surrounds us so that we can walk through um, and go do what we need to be doing and, and be about what we need to be about and loving others and mm-hmm. reaching out with kindness and goodness and gentleness and um, and not be overrun uh, mm-hmm. by a, a shadow that 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 we feel is kind of depressing us. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this time that we're into because Aaliyah is stepping into her second year at Baylor. She um, is getting an apartment and I did not envision her getting an apartment till her junior year. I wanted her to stay at the dorms her freshman and sophomore year, but she really felt ready after her freshman year. So she, um, grabbed a girlfriend from her research science fellows program and they decided to go ahead and get an apartment together and so uh have y'all been having cooking lessons this summer you know all of our girls kind of started cooking early on they were just excited about it so you know Aaliyah makes the best eggs in the house so when we're doing family (laughs) breakfast Eric makes the hash browns because Eric can flip them. You know how you have like a pan full of hash browns? Mm-hmm. He will toss them up in the air. They will perfectly flip and come over. I don't know how he does it, but Aaliyah makes eggs. So she makes eggs for the whole family. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just okay. They, they can follow a recipe. And um, the one thing they hate, they hate to, like, cut raw meat and deal with raw meat. <laughs> it is so gross. 
yeah, if you ever talk to them about boning a chicken oh. or anything like that, like our middle child, Jordan, will start to gag while she's doing it. Can you believe it? I think it's so funny. <laughs> well, new adventures at your house as you have a, a senior this year. I know another senior this year. Mm-hmm. Um, just a blessings upon blessings. Well, it is time to introduce our guests, friends that are friends of our show. You know Linda Chandler very well. We actually had Linda on just a few months ago to talk about the state of the church and just how to proceed during these, um, you know, kind of interesting and unprecedented times. We always love having Linda Chandler here on Love Talk. I think she was the first. Linda, I actually think you were the first one that I met as I started getting more involved with Miss Evelyn and Kathy and coming on the show regularly. I think you were one of the first people that that came on with us. But Linda is an ordained pastor at Austin Brethren Church. That is her church. It's a small missional church in the heart of Austin. She travels to Israel often. And I'm sure you're ready to get back to that and leads groups there to discover the richness and the strength of the Bible, both historically and as God's holy word. And although she pastors a local congregation, most of her ministry is outside the church walls. She founded Host Ministry. She serves on many boards here in the Central Texas area. She's a wife and a mom of over 30 years. And, uh, you know, Linda, we just love, love, love having you on the show today. So welcome back to Love Talk. Well, thank you, love ladies. And I, I'm really excited to get the title of a love lady now. I think I'm most excited <laughs> about that. To, get to be one of This group is like the best gang in the world. I mean, our team or whatever you want to look at it's it's just a beautiful picture of how that even though we're at distance from each other uh, a lot of times we're we're so surrounded by the love of God and we're like a team I mean I think any one of us would rise up for the other Absolutely. and so if I need to make a trip to Baylor to check on that <laughs> I can always do that um, anyway it's a it's wonderful to be here today thank you and I'm gonna have to change that because not only have I been married over 30 years I've been married over four Oh, now. It's wow. 44 years just a Golly. few weeks ago. I'm real proud of that milestone. Uh, you should be. And, uh, 44 uh, years. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I'm just real proud of that. So Gary and I always say, well, we made it. We like give high fives to each other all the time. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. And, and when you have people like uh, Evelyn and Van that you're looking to, and they've yes. made it over 60 plus, you know, mm-hmm. that's what my thing is to, to the ones behind me to say, come on, you can, commitment works. It it's does. not that it's, it can have its season of hardness too. Absolutely. Ways, but you grow so much. And mm-hmm. my husband is my very best friend. Well, mm-hmm. you've been one of the stationary friends in my life. You know, <laughs> that has that little place. You don't get over there yet, you know. Mm-hmm. But how do we meet, Linda? Oh, you know that we will. We, we always <laughs> love to tell this in the bathroom. Uh, after a state prayer breakfast, and I, I just uh, didn't realize that you were the editor of the Good News uh, Journal, and I think I had just turned in something to that to be printed, or and I was like, oh my goodness, it's the ed- and look what she's she's with the governor. Oh my goodness, and I followed you into the bathroom, and I said, I, I just need to meet you, and would you mentor me? <laughs> so yeah, our first meeting was in a bath. Well, we have been friends uh, for a long, a long time. time. Uh, Twenty years, I think. Now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know when we think about um, the the connection that Love Talk has with our pastors uh, in this city is unbelievable. Um, they know now, as many of them know now, if they get in trouble and they need help, they can call us and um, uh, we can help. And that's what our goal has been all along is to help people understand who they are, why they're here, and what God wants them to do. But you're not just my mentor. You're my spiritual mom, and you well, know that. Well, thank you for that. Well, you know, we, uh, we, we're we looking at things that are so different right now with the mm-hmm. pandemic. And, I, you know, I, I don't know what to do about it, to be honest with you. I don't know, say, okay, Lord, you're bigger than this thing. Let's get out there and do whatever. And then Ben says, no, Evelyn, we're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) It's been really hard for me during this particular time uh, with a few health issues to be stuck in my house. And uh, But the one thing that I can always count on is my good lady friends uh, pray, and especially, Linda, uh, for Mm -hmm. you and your group, Mm -hmm. is we pray once a month together. 
Yes. And I wanted to say up front today, let's invite anybody that wants to come to Leander to the courthouse to join us the first Tuesday. It's the first Tuesday of every month at noon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's really in Cedar Park. It's a Cedar Park. Um, and it's yeah. the Williamson County Annex there in Cedar Park on Discovery Boulevard. You can Google it and find out. And we meet in Judge Stout's courtroom. Mm-hmm. And it is very powerful. All right, friends. Well, I cannot believe our first segment is already over. Linda, I'm excited about this program that we have. Friends, we want you to come out from under the valley of that shadow of death and come out into the sunshine. That's the S-O-N shine, oh, the sunshine. Yes. That's what we're doing today. We're going to have a word from our amazing sponsors who make Love Talk possible. You're going to want to hear from them and join us right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. This is Kathy Enderbrock in studio with the First Lady of Love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, and Coach Carrie Brinkater. Special guest with us today is Reverend Linda Chandler. Linda, it's wonderful having you with us. And friends, it's great having you with us here on the Bridge Austin 101.1 FM and 1120 AM. Thank you for live streaming with us as well at the Bridge Austin and going to our archives at Love Talk Network. Well, we are in the love season, friends, and today we are talking about loss in that love season. We all walk through a different, uh, we're all walking through a different season. Some of us, my goodness, it feels like we're going through summer and winter all at the same time. But Linda, we want to talk about uh, the season that you are in. Um, And, you know, we, we tend to talk a lot about spiritual things when you come in and talk with us. And we want to get to know your family a little bit more. So we want to hear a bit about your family and what you have been up to these past few months. Okay. Well, as I mentioned, right as we went on to break, you know, 44 years, real proud of that. Mm-hmm. Same man <laughs> um, from when we I was 17 years old and he was uh, about 19. And so um, now we're older. You can do the math. I don't have to do that for you. Um but we had three lovely boys um, in our marriage, um, and Jared, Austin, and Cade. Um, and, and interesting enough, when I was 14 years old, I told everybody that I was going to have three little blonde-haired, blue-eyed boys. It was a known fact in our family. And I'd say that all the time. And literally, I had three little blonde-haired, Aww. blue-eyed uh, boys. Um, God listens. Yeah, he does. Um, sometimes they used to say, whoa, this is a lot harder. And then I always thought, well, then maybe I'll tag a girl on, but it just uh, kind of didn't really happen. But I do have a girl now and that I have a, a daughter-in-law, Sierra, and uh, she's been our daughter now for six years. So she's married to Kate. She's, the youngest got married first. Um, and, <clears throat> and then Austin um, has recently uh, presented us with someone we think might become family oh. um, that he met um, when he moved to uh, College Station to take over as an assistant principal at College Station High School. Nice. And But she's not a teacher. But they met on a dating app. I, everybody's doing that today, and mm-hmm. uh, they were kind of a perfect match. And so they're they're dating, and he's brought her to meet the family. And um, her name is Dina. So we're we're real um, we're kind of you know blending out. And then my oldest son uh, resides in heaven. So um, and we can talk about that in a minute. Absolutely. But um, what we're we're uh, currently, which is I am so glad that we're a family that loves. And, you know, we've had all of our difficulties raising children and teenagers. And sometimes not long ago they were telling me um, uh, a story about the the two youngest are very close friends. They used to live right down the street from each other. I bought houses right down, but now that one's moved off. But they told me a story about some big party when I was on vacation with their dad, my husband. <laughs> and I said, uh I, I think this is getting where I don't want to know any more about this. I don't story. need to know well, anymore. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I took care of the outside. Cade was in charge of the inside, and and you, you never knew all no, these years. You but never it was knew. Kind of like an animal house. Um, oh. I think party. <laughs> um, and they're good boys, but you know, I mean, they're we're teenagers, and I was like, yes, he said, yeah, we had about two hundred people. Oh my stars. Okay. Been there, done that. I said, okay, oh. see? And so, anyway, that's kind of, we're, we are a normal type of family that battles <laughs> all kinds of things, you know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, he said, yeah, but you never knew because we got it cleaned up so long. And I go, 
No, and I'm glad at that time I didn't. And <laughs> wow. So anyway, that's kind of our laugh. Um, but what we're doing right now is uh, my mother um, uh, hit a rough spot in her 84th year, um, broken ankle, and we went through a lot of uh, uh, things about that. And uh, she was starting in January and was in uh, rehab and several operations and just began to really fail in her health mm. and everything. And then... Um, they wanted to do something more intensive. They wanted to take her leg off. And she said no. She was 84 years old. She was ready for heaven whenever that came. So um, she came back home right as this COVID thing was setting out. And she always has wanted to be back home. So we have been able to arrange as a family um, care uh, around the clock uh, for her with us all being a team. My husband and I are the major uh, daily caretakers so my, my church is very aware of that they love it and because they're in love with she's always been the grandmother of the church Aww. you know the, uh, and so um, and, and uh, so I'm really walking the valley of the shadow of death mm-hmm. right now with my mom who did turn 85 but now she is very much uh, failing and, mm-hmm. and uh, has let go and so we're just you know letting God do it but it doesn't make it easy always right. there's a lot of stress that comes but, you know, God is so with us mm. that that we can overcome anywhere. So I, I have a newer appreciation, though, for the daily caretakers mm-hmm. that have to uh, do this because it's not just physical things. It's spiritual and emotional, mm-hmm. you know. About 10 years ago, um, you had a, you and your family had a major, major shock, Linda. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh it was in March 2011. You heard the words that no parent ever wants to hear. What were those words? <clears throat> the words were um, that came to my church. I was holding a small Bible study, and uh, it was two policemen. And they came, and they said, we're here to inform you that your son was found dead this morning. And I had just seen my son 24 hours before. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 30 years old. And um, you can just imagine, um, I felt punched in the gut. Uh, literally, uh, and um, that was a real beginning of the descent into the valley of the shadow of death, um, which is what we're talking about uh, today. It's kind of an overview. Uh, I know we're going to get to the scripture that we started out with, but that's kind of going to come in a minute. But what I found about a valley is that in places of loss, what it let's think physically about what a valley is. A valley <clears throat> is a place you walk through between high mountains. Carrie talked earlier, Coach Carrie talked to earlier about the I, what I call mountaintop experiences, the getting married, your mm-hmm. first job. You know, well, I would love to live first on a mountaintop. <laughs> your first book. Oh, yeah. You know, you know. And uh, just all those kind of first, your first child, your, all those beautiful things. And those are places you want to live. I've had spiritual experiences that I would say was a mountaintop for me where mm-hmm. I felt so strongly the presence of God. But then you're dropped into this valley. But that's really where life is, is in the valley. And you're, mm-hmm. and it, when you say shadow of death, what is a shadow? It's a, an, it's a, it's a, it's a part of darkness that hovers and hovers over you, and, and it threatens to cut your light out. So, it's but the S-O-N, Sean. Yes, yes. So it threatened to consume me at that moment. However, I knew that my help was going to be God and only God. Mm. Well, so, Linda, you you have, I feel like one of your gifts is just is loving people. You you love showing God's world to people. And the verse that you write, you write a heart-wrenching yet beautiful story in Ms. Evelyn's new book, Love Talking and Love Walking. And the title of your chapter is Love Walking Through the Valley. And the verse that you use is the verse that we opened the show with today from Revelation. And again, I don't know if I've ever read that verse out loud before. Let me read it again for our listeners. Here is the message of the Holy One, the true one, the one who has the key of David, who, if he opens something, no one else can shut it. And if he closes something, no one else can open it. Revelation 3, 7. Linda, tell me the significance of that verse for you as you began to process and walk through this valley of 
of darkness when your son was when your son was found dead. Well, that now I have to tell you that that verse came to me about six months later. Okay, yeah. But I have stood now on this verse for the in the nine years that he's been gone, mm. and, and the reason why is when you look at this, this verse is mentioned two times in the Bible. First in the First Testament, which most people call the Old Testament. And then in the Second Testament, which people call the New Testament. I don't do old and new because I base mine on that. On, with two witnesses, a thing is established as truth. Okay? And that's it, biblical. That That's in the Old Testament. Okay. So this thing about a key, what is a key? A key is a symbol of authority. So basically, Jesus, son of David, he's, it says that he, in Revelation, he holds the key. He mm-hmm. holds a key of authority. What he goes and unlocks is unlocked. But what he closes is closed. Mm-hmm. And um, this was a verse that he gave me when I was going to talk about this um, experience that I had losing Jared um, actually over in the Czech Republic. And God gave, dropped this verse onto me. And said, told me to use it. Because basically, when I say it's only used twice, the only other time it's used is in, um, uh, I think it's Isaiah 22. And it's talking about David's people who had the keys to David's, the palace and all of that. And okay. then what they opened, you know, was the uh, the steward. He could open. So he had the authority of David. Now we're saying Jesus in Revelation, he's the one. And, of course, as we believe that he's the king, it's, he has the authority to change everything or to help you in the change. So mm-hmm. that's what, why this becomes very, very important. Because if he's going to open and close doors, he's going to open and close doors to death to show us life. Even in, um, just with the COVID thing, we're going to have to, quote, do a new normal. Mm -hmm. When you walk through a significant loss, whether it is your marriage, whether it's the death of a a person, whether it's a a horrible uh, uh, illness, you know, the the big cancer, whatever, God is constantly opening the doors to show you where life is, where your new normal is. And you have to choose to walk. But he's got the key. And that's why we look to him always. And, uh, and it dovetails with this valley of shadow death because it says, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, he's our caretaker. He's, and it says he leads me, he has me, he leads me, he restores me, and he guides me. If you look in Psalm 23, it says that. So if he's got the keys, then that's the one, the key, the key, the ultimate authority. That's where you got to lean into. And he has the doors. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The life covered. and death. They are covered. Yes. So, so Linda, you, you stayed in your story that you felt like you felt the presence of God walking with you through the valley. T- tell mm-hmm. us about that because I know that there's so many times that we're walking through something and we feel alone. We, we don't feel like God is near. We don't feel like he's even knows that we're going through something, but yet you felt his presence fully. I did. But I have to tell you, I had also, I had before that, um, probably about 15 years earlier, been through a, another experience. Um, and and it was, a, it was a trying time in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And then the same son <clears throat> did um, uh, have a, a, a near-death experience, but mm-hmm. he was um, brought back to life. And so what happened with that, at that time, I was very still young in my faith, okay, mm-hmm. very young. This, And so during that time, I did what a lot of people will do in their first significant time of loss or whatever. You get angry with God. Absolutely, okay? yeah. You get angry and you kind of shake your fist. I, I did that. I mean, I kind of rolled around on the floor and shook my fist and said, hey, God, you know, this is now this is not this time with Jared. This is the time before. This is 15 and years I, earlier. Yes, okay. when I was never had had anything Horrible, horrible, horrible. You hadn't been shaken. Yeah. And so I was Mm -hmm. being shook down. Mm -hmm. And so I gave the typical, hey, God, you know, why are you doing this to me? I go to church every Sunday. I make my kids, you know, no Bible verses. I, I did all my performance things. 
So why are you doing this to me? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That is a that is when you're still in the shallow water of your faith. There's nothing there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. God's a big God. He can take care of that, obviously. And you know, um, and during that time that I went through that, my mother said to me, Romans eight twenty eight, all things work for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, I have a question for you, Linda, because there is a teaching quite popular at, you know, a a very large church in Texas that says that, um, you know, if if you do the right things and you tithe and you're a good Christian, that God will only prosper you and that um, bad things will not befall you. And so it kind of gives us a sense as Christians, if if we're a good enough Christian, then all of a sudden we are exempt from bad things happening to us. Uh, but it sounds like you're saying, uh-uh, no, that's not no, right. No, and I, I, I would go head-to-head with them over there because of my experiences. Jesus also said, you will suffer in mm-hmm. this life because it's still a fallen world. We're not living in paradise yet. We don't when have we, wings yet. Yeah, <laughs> but when we get to heaven and every tear is wiped away and everything, then I'll believe that. But he was showing me that in this world, and it's also how you're going to handle it. Are you going to let him handle it? When I was very immature in my faith and I did that, you know, I'm thinking I'm being punished. Obviously, we've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I went through all of that. Mm-hmm. But by the time then this happened with my son, okay, mm-hmm. about it's about between 15 and 18 years later, I was very deep into my faith. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna. I'm gonna call you. Tell you, I'm a deep water uh, follower. I knew all of the Bible backwards and forwards, and so it never says in there we're not gonna suffer. Mm-hmm. Job suffered. When? It's a big word. When? Yeah, uh, and what? that's part of this life, and it's a part of our character building. And um, we've got to get away from that. That God is just sitting up there waiting for us to do something wrong, and then we get slapped upside the head. And I did, I'm going to just say this, since you brought that up, Kathy, I had a man come to my church, and he had gone through a terrible, terrible time, and he said, you know, I have people telling me that, you know, you got the devil in you, that's why you're going through all this terrible time. And I said, that's not true. You know, uh, things happen to us from other people, from situations, from circumstances, and I said that I, I don't believe that. And I said, we're going to pray for you. And we just laid hands and we prayed that the Lord's love, mm-hmm. and isn't that what we're all here about mm-hmm. today? It's the love, mm-hmm. would come and comfort him in the midst of his heart. And you know what? He had an experience like Saul. He said things, he had, um, what was that, dropped off his Scales eyes. just dropped yeah. off his eyes. Yeah. yeah. And he said, oh, gosh, I feel it. And we we make this out to be a punishing God. Or we say he loves us so much that he's only going to prosper us. And then when things come to people, they can't handle it Mm -hmm. because uh, that's kind of cheap grace. You know, I love the example of this one. um, This one speaker, she came to our church and talked to our women's ministry and she used the example of Mary. And, uh, you know, she said, look, the angel Gabriel established Mary as esteemed by God. And yet Mary's life was one suffering after another, after another, being chased down by kings, having, you know, basically losing her wedding day. I mean, you know, it was supposed to be a big, gorgeous celebration. Ladies, can you imagine having a huge wedding planned with just everyone invited and then having a wedding that all of a sudden was just kind of small and not really mentioned and you know, Mary just went through one suffering after another of losing her son. And, uh, you know, it, it it says, I believe it, in she went to, I think it was Ephesus, and that's where she spent her last days away from all of her children, but with the disciple John. So, you know, anyway, I just, I love that everything that you're sharing, because I believe something that you say in your book, I think is so true. That God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And we can trust him to always use things for our good, but we have to get out of our mind that we, um, that God being good only means 
that we will have an easy life because that is not what the Bible teaches. No, and Mm -hmm. I will tell you that's shallow faith. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. We're not talking heaven and hell here, but it's shallow you got to get in the deep water. you got to get out of the boat, mm-hmm. like a Peter, you know, mm-hmm. walk on the water and let him hold your hand. And don't put your eyes on the circumstances. You know, that's why Peter sunk mm-hmm. when he was there, because he got his eyes on the waves and the circumstances. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You can, uh, you can go to God and say, I don't understand why this is happening. But the way that I would I approach it now is I say, I don't understand, and, and I'm fine if you're teaching me, but you got to help me. Because mm-hmm. I, I, this makes me feel like I'm drowning or I'm, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I can't bear it. But you say you'll never give us enough, more than what we can bear. Mm-hmm. And so, Linda, I have a question for you. You said you've been married for 44 years. Mm-hmm. And so this happened. Not only did you lose a son, but your husband yeah. lost a son. Mm-hmm. How did your husband come alongside you in this loss? And how did you come alongside your husband? Well, that's a very, very good because we were at very different points uh, of our life then. Um, I, um, he, uh, men and women see life very, very differently mm-hmm. and they uh, respond to it, uh, emotionally very different. I think with Gary, he's a very quiet and reflective, more reflective person, but he simmered a lot with, this is probably his, was his time at this point of the anger and the not understanding why God would let this happen and then wanting to, um, uh, uh, fix this. He's a mm-hmm. fixer. He's even. a fixer mm-hmm. and get even or whatever because the circumstances around his death were very, um, um, well, let's just say the police were involved in all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he was, he wanted to fix it. He wanted to fix it for us. So, um, but uh, we are so um, in tune to one another that I could, you know, I could just speak and I said, you know, I can't go there and I've got, mm-hmm. this is the way I've got to walk. And I trust God completely. And he needed to trust God completely. So he would hang on to my part mm-hmm. of trusting God completely. And then I think we would just have a lot of long talks. Mm-hmm. But it's been a bigger. But now, nine years later, when we're going through this thing with my mom, the other day I was just like, I, I, I'm just, I've, I, I just can't do this. I'm so because tired. I'm the mom. Mm-hmm. I'm the, her daughter. And I, I just can't be on all the time, and this is hard to see her suffer. And I'm kind of crying and having my little meltdown because I'm a human just like everybody yeah, else. Yeah. And he says to me, Linda, God says he'll never give us more than what we can bear. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this boy's swimming in the deep water now. <laughs> and, and so now those nine years has brought him deep into his faith. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm saying. It's when you get your eyes off a of circumstance, but you're also doing life together with people well and i think you know linda when you have a journey like that with your son it can make or break a marriage as well oh i've seen it do it a lot right seen marriages broken because of something tragic happening Mm. like the death of a of a child and you know, that's why God gave us a spouse to balance us, right? Absolutely. You, know, you were able to lift up Gary in some times where he was doubting and where he was frustrated. And then, you know, for him to come alongside you and lift you up whenever you're frustrated yes. or whether, you know, whenever you're having a sinking moment, how special that is. Um, and, you know, God used a horrible situation to strengthen the two of you. He did. He did. And what I want to say about that, too, is because we keep alluding to this that happened about 15 or 18 years mm-hmm. earlier, which was really a hard time in our marriage. And we decided, and this is what I want to hear all the listeners to hear, to stand on the vows that we made, um, you know, for better, for worse, Richard, you know, all that stuff that you say in that beautiful mountaintop experience. But when you get in the valley mm-hmm. and you got to walk it out, what does that mean? And we decided that no matter what we felt emotionally from that day on, okay, that we were committed to the commitment we made before God. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to tell my listeners. You need to stand committed to God and that he is good all the time and all the time he is good. And and then let him walk you and talk you through this stuff as your shepherd. And, 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 it, and then it helps in all your relationships. But we always remember that. 
And did we mm-hmm. fuss? Well, sure. We're human. Absolutely. You know, and I'm, if you put the math together, you guys had been married about 20, 25 years at that time. And that's right where my husband and I are. We mm-hmm. celebrate 25 here in just a, a two weeks. But we have seen couple after couple after couple in our group, you know, not, not necessarily our tight group, but our extended group mm-hmm. that are calling it quits. And we're so broken by that yeah. um, because, like you said, it's t- there are times that are tough, but we absolutely have to stand on the promises of God. Friends, when we come back to Love Talk, we'll hear more from Linda, and we'll hear more about her experience of walking through this time of grief and just how her how she handled it um, by keeping her eyes on the Lord and not on the circumstance that was surrounding her. When we return to Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk and the Love Ladies here on Love Talk. I can't believe we've just flown through this show, and here we are in our last segment. Thank you so much for being here with us today on Love Talk. Linda Chandler is our special guest. We're talking about grief and loss and looking to the Lord to to walk beside us through these valleys and how we depend on the people around us um, and to get us through all of that. And Miss Evelyn, I know that you have a, a very amazing question for Linda. Yeah, Linda, um, the night that she buried your son, um, you have witnessed before that you cried out to God. And um, you said, Lord, how do I go on? How can I teach and preach the good news, good news, that this story of death and loss, uh, how important was that a question in your life mm-hmm. at that particular time? How can I go on? This is that, the end. Exactly. That was a turning point for me. It's not that it, it's, uh, the grief process was over because it was just starting. Yeah. Grief is about a two-year process in a loss like that. And, and However... I knew that what had happened had happened. The evidence was there. We had buried him that day. But I needed to know, how do I learn to live in the light of this suffering? Mm-hmm. It could be the same thing today. How do you learn to live this new normal that we have? This but, pet, pet, damn minute. Exactly. Minute to minute. But anyway, I sought comfort in, 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 in my shepherd. Yeah. And I just said, you've got to tell me how I can live this. And so I did have a supernatural experience. And as I laid there, I heard a door literally open. Um, and there was nobody else in the house but myself and my husband. At that point, everybody had, you know, cleared out, and it's late at night. And he was in uh, bathing and with the door shut. So, what you know, there was no door to be open, but I distinctly heard a door open. And I heard my son Jared's voice. And this is what he said. He had a very distinct way of talking. I mean, you you know people's voices. And he said, Mom. He said, Jesus said, I could speak to you one more time. Heaven is just like you've taught. Thank you for the great send-off today and the story of the fatted calf. And I'll have to tell you that that's what the preacher had preached about the prodigal on that day. And he said, please forgive. um, And I'll just say his name, Terry, because Terry, if you're listening. Um, that was the young man where there was just a lot of questions where he died. And I and know that a great darkness will be stopped because of this. And I've got to go. Jesus is calling me. And I just laid there and I thought, oh, my word. Uh, I, I, it was so Jared's voice. And I, I hadn't been able to, you know, bring that forward or anything. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe I have, uh, my mind has slipped um, you know, I've got a little bit of kind of, you know, <laughs> and so I got up out of bed and I heard the door shut. I'm, I should have said that to you. It opened and I heard it shut. So I went in to um, tell my husband and I said, Gary, I need you to listen to something. And here he's bathing. And I remember the washcloth had just gone across his face. He looks up at me and I said, here's what happened. And so just as I've told this, I told him the, the five things that Jared told me and that I'd heard his voice. And I said, do you think that I'm crazy? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me so calmly. And um, he said, Linda, he said, 
I think God just gave you a gift, mm. and I want you to believe it, mm. trust or trust in that gift, mm. he said. And I said, okay. So I went back, and I have to say to you, and this will tie up why we use that scripture, I did not speak of that publicly ever for over six months. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't know that, pe- you know, people always say, oh, yeah, they heard a voice, mm-hmm. you know, no, 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 It was a very private thing. It was something I needed to yeah. work through in my grief process. Uh, I think I did end up telling my mother, but it was just my mother and um, my husband. And, um, and I held it. I held it in. And six months later, I found myself in the Czech Republic on a mission trip in a church talking. And they told me that they were going to give me 15 minutes to talk. Um, and I could say anything that I wanted to say. And uh, so the night before, I was praying about it, and God gave me this scripture about the open door, that the key. Mm. So when I got up the next morning, I talked about the key of heaven mm. and the doors that open and close. And then I gave this testimony. And um, my future, she was future daughter-in-law then. She had never heard it, and she... Uh, she just sat there, and when I sat back down, she said, Mom, really? And she said, I'm I'm about to pass out right now. And I said, mm-hmm. it'll be okay. I just did what God did because he said he's going to open and close doors. And at that moment, a girl came, tapped me on the shoulder in perfect English because nobody talked. Uh, they all spoke in Czech. Mm-hmm. And she said, I need to see you outside this door. And I went outside, and she said, I've never been to this church, but this morning a voice told me to come to this church today. Hmm. And she said, "What your, where your son is, I want to be there someday. How do I get this oh. Jesus? And I was just, he had opened another door for a life to be saved. Mm-hmm. So we did what you do in churches and we talked about it and she received that so what the point is that's this whole thing if you're in a place you ask god what doors need to be open and what need to be shut but you wait on him he knows what he was he's doing and he knows when to use a testimony and when not to and um Heaven is, and he he told me the reason why he was going to do it that day was that heaven is real. And people do not, they have this esoteric thing about, oh, yeah, heaven, fluttering angels' wings. Well, you know what? We're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death first. But it's very real. But you've got to be willing to walk it in every uh, avenue of your life. Mm. You know, Linda, when I think about um, you losing a son, I also think about Austin and Cade losing mm-hmm. their big brother. Mm-hmm. And you you had to help them develop grief strategies to get through their, their grief. And can you talk us through, like... Um, some just some some I don't know if you want to call it coping or or strategies to get to get through to get through that deep loss. Yes. Um, number one is we always talked about that not to isolate ourselves. Mm-hmm. That that you you even though there are times when you do have to privately pull away. I mean nobody's not saying that I do that you know to get before God myself. But do you allow people to minister, to bless you, to love you, to know that their prayers are? We talked about that a lot. Um, men are not. So I had two sons. Um, at first, they, they were very outwardly grief, you know, uh, on this. Um, but uh, uh, once they went through that, they didn't talk about it as much. Uh, I, I know now today they had some friends that they used. Each of us had a group of friends like the um, – Austin was away at school, and he had to come home. And this is this is what I want to tell to people. When people go through something like this, think of actions you can do that show love. Mm-hmm. When he got home, his house had been taken care of, his yard had been mowed, there was food waiting for him, and these were college friends of his. Mm-hmm. You know, the, of course, that was happening to us through our church and through friends. And, you know, Evelyn, you were there for me, praying and stuff. So there's, But you're trying to find peace. In the midst of this. And so people being around you. And you can't fix this, though, for anybody. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's being around quietly. And it's just listening or being available. And we always said talk about it. We're never going to not talk about Jared. We're never going to not talk about it. But he's still part of our family. And I want to tell that to people. There is... 
so many times we don't know what to do. Oh, should I even mention his name because it's such a sad thing, you know? Mm-hmm. No, we love Jared's name mm-hmm. to be mentioned. And when Cade and Sierra got married, they had a picture of him with his two brothers mm-hmm. sitting Aww. there because they felt like that showed that he was he's part of our family, you know? Mm-hmm. And we kind of use that picture of them as little boys. And so there's... The main thing is you get your eyes off of circumstance. Mm-hmm. You choose not to be a victim of this. Mm-hmm. You choose that God will make it good even in the midst of horror at some point. And there has mm-hmm. been much good that has come out of this. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you put your eyes on. Then you put your eyes on that, you know, and Jesus says, I'm your peace. So he is the good shepherd and that he is going to be there. So the strategy is you've got to get your eyes off the surface. And no two, you'll have good days. You'll be high, you'll, you'll be starting back up the mountain. Um, and then you might fall back a few steps, you know. It's just the grief is about like that. And any kind of loss, doesn't just have to be the loss mm-hmm. of, a, of anything. You have to go through and you choose to embrace grief and let it teach you. We call that the race of grace. Oh, that's good. The race of grace. You, when the Lord says come, he, you have to, you have to move. You can't stay where you are the rest of your life, whether it's in happiness or in pain. When, and that's why you know that bema seed is so present in in the lives of the Hebrew people, as you. You know. Yes. And they had, that's why they're, they're one of the, it was a Jewish book I read that just said God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Mm-hmm. And so I would remind people, since we are the love ladies here, that love is God's purest e- essence. He loves us through all of this, and it's his love we need to get through it. Mm-hmm. And so we have to trust him and allow him to shape our, our circumstance and our perspective. Linda, we thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. How can our listeners find you? Um, you can look at uh, L, like Linda, L77C Chandler at AOL.com. Or you can do Linda at Host Ministries, all one word, hostministries.org. Uh, thank you so much for being here. What about friends? a phone call, Linda? Do you, you feel that? Uh, I can do that, 512 2037293 mm-hmm. you. If you'd like to talk to Miss Linda, uh, use the media way or give her a little call and let her call you back when she's available. But Linda, this is just what people need to hear today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thank you so much for being here and friends, we love you so much and there's a reason you were here today. Uh, I'll close with these words from Linda's chapter in the book, to walk in love with our God is to walk in trust in his goodness and care. We love you so much, friends, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.